Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of Currentingly, a podcast where we share the youth's input on current issues and topics. So today I'm joined here by Megana. So hi, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we get started, do you want to give our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm a freshman in high school. Um, some things that I like to do are speech and debate and dance, and I'm looking forward to discuss and raise awareness about this very important topic today. Yeah, so if you couldn't tell by the title, in today's episode, we're talking about what's going on in the Middle East. Um, three segments that we're basically focusing on in this episode is the recent Beirut explosion, the Yemen humanitarian crisis, and also the normalization of tragedy in the Middle East. Um, And before we get started, I kind of just want to put this out there and acknowledge that, you know, these are not the only things happening in the Middle East. There's definitely a lot more issues and crises that are happening, such as Syria and Palestine. So we definitely urge you to get yourself educated on those issues, too. But these are the three that we're just focusing on today. So to kind of begin, I guess, when did you first hear about the Beirut explosion or just tragedy in the Middle East as a whole? So I heard about the Beirut explosion or tragedy in the Middle East. Um, As I assume most people did, it was through social media. So it was just, you know, one day I opened up TikTok and it was just on my For You page. And it was just like this video that I think was news footage of an explosion happening in Lebanon. And obviously my first reaction was very shocked, very confused. And then as I, you know, I didn't get much information out of it because it was just a 15 second video, didn't know anything that had happened. So as I kept scrolling and I kept doing some research, searched it up on Google, that's when I kind of found out that, oh, there was an explosion. There were so many bad things that happened and all of that. And that's when I kind of first got exposed to that event. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of the time, especially our generation, teenagers and youth, a lot of the time we get informed about current events or news through social media. And I think it's super important to take that extra step and do your additional research, just so you get a better understanding and grasp about like, you know, what's actually going on, what was the cause, effects, etc, things like that. Yeah, Um, I definitely agree. It's like, social media doesn't always portray the full picture or provide accurate information. So it's very important that you choose which sources you use wisely to, you know, base your actions off of or to make sure that you have the most accurate and up to date information in your head and your knowledge. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. So just for some background knowledge, although I'm sure everyone already knows this by now, but around a month ago, on August 4th, a massive explosion basically hit the port city of Beirut, which is the capital of Lebanon, and there were more than 125 people killed and more than 4,000 people injured, and the cause of the blast is still actually kind of under review, but it's presumed to be by because 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate were stored unsafely in a warehouse near the port. Yeah, and this huge explosion that happened had a lot of negative impacts or repercussions, which are catastrophic. Like, uh, 
or catastrophic, excuse me, but there were massive food shortages and Lebanon's food supply is heavily based on imports and the Beirut port was the, is actually the country's main shipping port. And with that being so badly damaged, it makes uh, a shortage of food. Uh, additionally, it is estimated that it takes, it'll take about five to seven years to rebuild the port. And these food shortages that are happening could be incredibly long lasting and would increase poverty rates. Uh, people could pass away due to the lack of food or they could be ill, get sick. And basically a lot of people are in suffering. Yeah, and I think on the surface, people don't even realize like, oh, you know, the port got damaged, but there's so many repercussions that um, give a huge toll, take a huge toll on the country just because of this explosion. So addition, additionally to food, shortage, food shortages, there's also a massive effect on the economy. So if you didn't know, Lebanon has also been facing the worst economic crisis since the Civil War. So not only would it take five to seven years to rebuild the port, it would also be costing five billion to 10 billion US dollars, which Lebanon really doesn't have the means for right now. And you know, this is already as worse as it sounds, but on top of this, the value of local currency in Lebanon has also been significantly decreasing, causing the economy to suffer from inflation. And you know, a lot of the times, you know, when we're reading about these um, news, these like events and things like this, when we see it on social media, we don't really get um, to understand all these effects. So that's why it's definitely important, as we stated before, to go and do that additional research to see um, how this takes a toll on the country. So some other things that also will be caused um, because of this, because of this destruction of the port, the cause of poverty and unemployment rate will also skyrocket. Um, and then also additionally, not only were people, not only, not only were people um, killed and injured by this, 300,000 people have also become homeless. Yes, and additionally, it, it can't help that uh, there was actually a large fire that happened uh, just, I believe, uh, recently, uh, yesterday or something like that. And it was a huge fire that erupted in Beirut's port and it sent up like huge flames and hu a lot of smoke, which I'm sure scared the residents who are still recovering from the terrifying explosion that happened just, you know, a month ago. Yeah, so that fire actually took place um, on Thursday, September 10th. And yeah, so, so far we've kind of provided you with a lot of information on what has happened um, and repercussions and things like that. But it's also really important to learn how you can help. So a major source or a major very um, known way is definitely donating to the Lebanese Red Cross. Um, and there's also a lots of other resources that you could donate to and support, which will help people, which will help people in Lebanon with the Beirut explosion and things like that. And we'll be linking those um, on our Instagram page. Um, on the post underneath the Middle East crisis. So definitely make sure to look out for that and check that out. Yes, um, and another another really simple way to help that's, uh, that, you know, is very affordable, it doesn't cost anything, is to simply just look up uh, at YouTube videos, which are doing fundraisers. So 
uh, depending on the amount of views that they get, there's a certain amount of like the money that they make will be donated towards the Lebanese Red Cross or other organizations that are helping uh, solve this tragedy that happened in Lebanon. And you can do your research, you can search up creators on YouTube who are doing these type of fundraisers to actually just, you know, maybe just play the video in the background while you're doing something else, even on mute, you know, just watch it all the way through. Um, it's not very time consuming since it doesn't necessarily require your attention. So just do your research on that as well. Just find a fundraiser that you support. And this can go for honestly any cause that you support as well. And, you know, just play a YouTube video. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and you know, even if you don't have the means to donate, this is a really innovative way that you're also being able to help and create change in these countries where they are suffering right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that was kind of a little bit about Beirut, what has happened, how you can help. You know, another thing is also podcasts, you know, just listening to podcasts like these um, and just, you know, while you're in the car or while you're doing your homework, whatever you're still definitely educating yourself. So we kind of want to continue on to Yemen. Um, if you didn't know, Yemen is facing, is currently facing the world's worst humanitarian crisis. Um, and although there has been a light shined on this recently, it's definitely decreasing and it's definitely not as talked about um, as it was. Like I would say maybe a couple months ago, it was definitely all over social media. Um, and TikTok and just the media in general, but it's definitely decreasing now. So we definitely want to shine a light on it once again, because, you know, just because the media stops talking about something doesn't mean, you know, the problem is solved or is resolved. It's definitely still prevalent and is still there. So yeah, a lot of you, like I said, probably know about the Yemen crisis, but not a whole lot of people actually know the background and kind of cause and how it got to the state it is today. Um, I just want to kind of put out a warning. It does get a little confusing with the whole background and background knowledge. So we're going to try to explain it as clearly as possible. Also as yeah. briefly as possible because yeah. it is very complicated. Yeah. And we don't want to get in too deep. Mm -hmm. So basically, Yemen was ruled by a dictator. His name was Abdullah Saleh. Um, and he basically ruled Yemen for around 33 years or so. Um, and then some of you might have heard about the Arab Springs uprising, which was basically a pro-democracy a pro uprising that happened during 2011. And a lot of Arab countries that had dictators ruling over them were overthrown by the popular uprising. So some countries where the movement had been successful were Egypt, Libya, and there's a couple more. So in 2011, um, Yemeni people were also trying to take part in this movement. And by June of 2011, their leader, Abdullah Saleh of 33 years, resigned after he was almost killed. So that happened and his vice president, Hadi, became an interim president in November with basically just the task of overseeing the country for a two-year transitional period to redraft their constitution. But However, this transitional period did not go as planned, and it was not as smooth as he expected it to be, and Hadi ultimately failed to unify the country. 
which ultimately led to the Houthi rebels, who are a stage group against Hadi, to seize the capital city of Yemen. And this all happened in late 2014. So then later, the next year in 2015, uh, since the Houthi rebels start rising into power, excuse me, Hadi decides to resign, similarly to Abdullah Saleh, and a civil war breaks out against the Houthi rebels and security forces which were loyal to Saleh. Uh, excuse me if I'm pronouncing these wrong. Um, and by March, the Saudi-led anti-Houthi coalition started getting involved in the conflict because Saudi Arabia was in support of a government led by Saleh or Hadi. Saudi Arabia expected to resolve this conflict quickly, but the stalemate continues to this day, resulting in the world's worst humanitarian crisis. Yeah, so that was just kind of like a little overview or background of kind of what happened, how it came to be. Um, there's definitely a lot more information and aspects that play a role into this. So if you're interested, definitely go do some research. We just tried to explain it as briefly and significantly as possible. Um, it, yeah, but it is, it could be a little confusing. And also, you know, when we were kind of talking about this, something that kind of came up into my head was, you know, throughout school or just the education system, we aren't like very educated on current issues. Like for me, I would say, like the only time I remember talking about the Middle East in particular was maybe like world history, seventh, sixth grade. And um, even then, you know, we're not really aware on like current issues. Like even then we were kind of yeah. talking about like religion and things like that. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that yeah. how we're... When you know, brought up this topic to me, I remember not knowing much about it, which was honestly pretty sad because it is such an important topic and awareness should be raised for it because there are so many people who are suffering in the Middle East. And so we do understand that this is a very heavy topic. It could be a very controversial topic and it might not be the right material for younger kids. But I think that youth should learn about the aspects of these crises that involve supporting and helping others. So rather than warfare and um, rather than conflict, I think an important message that can come out of this to the youth is that people are suffering and you can help them. And explaining why it's important to help people, I think that's the main lesson that needs to be taught. And you know, this is also about bringing awareness to events that a lot of people might not know happened or don't really understand. And so just simply doing some research, educating others, talking to people about it in a very civil manner, in a very calm, not as heavy manner, but also in a, um, in a, in a way that is comprehensive of sorts. Um, and appropriate for the age group, it can be very beneficial to not only the people in Yemen who now have more people supporting them, but also to yourself because now you're a more educated and hopefully a better human being. Yeah, if anything, just kind of educating yourself and spreading awareness and educating others definitely plays a role and definitely in some way at least helps people that actually have to go through all of this, the people that are actually in Yemen. Um, so yeah, so to continue, basically, we basically stated, um, as many people already know, Yemen is facing the world's worst humanitarian crisis. So to kind of just break that down, 
Um, Yemen lacks necessities. So that in numbers would basically be 70% lack access to food, safe water, and healthcare. 15.7 million are affected by the water crisis. 24.3 million lack access to electricity. And there are over 1 million cases of cholera. And if you don't know what that is, that's basically a disease caused by drinking water or eating food that is contaminated. And it's pretty common in places of poor sanitization and reduced access to clean water. And also 16.4 million lack access to healthcare. So you know, it's kind of crazy. Like at first these all seem just like numbers, but when you actually think about it or take a step back and realize how big and significant this really is, it definitely kind of makes you just look at it from like a whole nother perspective. Yeah, I agree. You know, these numbers, when you look at them on a page or someone reads them out to you, they really don't sound like anything meaningful. But if you sit, reflect on it for a little bit or just process it a little bit, it really does yeah. sink in how big um, the effects or whatever the, the effects of the humanitarian crisis or whatever's happening there is on the people. Um, additionally, there is a famine there. 14 million plus people, so over 14 million people are facing famine. And 85,000 children have starved to death. And 80% of the population is malnourished. And I think that living in, a, in the places that we do, it's easy to take things like food for granted. And just thinking about how there's people who are starving to death or malnourished and don't have access to food on a regular basis, which is something that seems so normalized to us, right? Getting food whenever we need it. Yeah. And thinking about how people don't have that access is honestly something really, like it's a revelation to have. And it's something that really yeah. makes you think and realize how fortunate you are and will probably motivate you to help others more and spread awareness. Yeah, it's something that you definitely take a minute to wrap your head around. Yeah, and there's also a lot of warfare there, like we discussed earlier. Uh, 3.6 million civilians have been displaced internally due to armed conflict, creating a massive refugee crisis. And additionally, 100,000 plus people have been killed. So over 100,000 people lost their lives due to the warfare in Yemen. Yeah, and you know, all of this just seems like so much. It's something you couldn't imagine happening to yourself or to your family. Um, and you know, obviously current things that are happening right now, which is the pandemic, COVID-19, which basically affected the whole world. Um, and you know, America, which is a pretty developed, modernized country, we didn't even deal with it all too well. You know, thousands of people got put into poverty. Thousands of people were unemployed. So if you imagine this happening into a third world country, such as Yemen, that's- Or already, like a country that's already pretty, um, it's facing difficulties. Yeah, if it's you imagine good. the pandemic hitting them, imagine how much worse it is. Um, so basically there was a study from the University of Denver and they estimated that the death toll from the pandemic could exceed the combined toll from war, disease, and hunger over the last five years. Um, when I first read that, I was like, okay, this is a really significant statement. And then it took me a second to understand, you know, one year with the pandemic could exceed 
the amount of deaths from, from over five years because of war, disease, and hunger. Like, it takes you a second to kind of yeah. understand that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, all these tragic situations that are happening in the Middle East have probably, um, probably have gotten harder or worse to endure, especially during this pandemic, because there's so much more illness and so much more, you know, there's another thing to worry about, which probably is taking a toll on people, which is just more motivation to help because they really are in trouble. Um, additionally, there's obviously so many ways to help, which we, uh, which she will be posting on Instagram, but we do want to go over a few. Yeah. So this first one I think is such a cool concept. I wanted to try it out as soon as I heard about it. Um, it's called the free rice quiz. It's an online quiz that you can access if you just type in freerice.com. And so the more that you play the quiz, the more grains of rice are donated to uh, people in Yemen. And as of now, or as of um, as of the the stats that we have, over 202 billion lifetime grains have been donated so far. And the best part about this is that these questions are so fun to answer, so fun to play, just really nice trivia questions. And you get to have so much fun while you're really, really helping people out um, yeah. in Yemen. And also, it like it doesn't take a whole lot of time, maybe one to five minute max. And you're just doing something, maybe even it's a little break out of your day. And, you know, this is going to a really good cause and it's free. You know, you're not having to pay a single penny and you're still able to help people that are enduring so, so, so much worse. Yeah, it's definitely a really fun, innovative and um, great way. Yeah, simple and great way to donate and help. So another way that you can help is... Uh, with the Share the Meal app. So it's an app that was designed to end world hunger. So you can basically download the app and donate, share a meal. And you can also access the website where you can donate there at sharethemeal.org. And from the website, you are also able to um, access the app. You can download it on Google Play or the App Store. And you can donate a meal to a hungry child, which I think is really, really cool. And it would definitely help a lot so definitely go check out the app and the website so you can read more about what they do and how you can help yeah um and so a couple other organizations where you could donate um these are pretty common but unicef save the children or wpf these are all organizations that are set to helping yemen and the people and children in yemen face and endure all that they are going through right now amidst a pandemic Um, So yeah, definitely check those out. Like we said, we'll be linking them or I'll be linking them all um, on Quarantinely's Instagram. And finally, another way that you can help um, is like we've mentioned throughout this podcast, it's really important to educate yourself. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of time reading through a couple articles, understanding what's going on there, and then sharing that knowledge with people around you, spreading awareness. You know, if you don't have the means to donate yourself, but you educate yourself, you could share what's happening, what's going on in Yemen to someone that might have the means to donate. And, you know, creating this ripple effect where so many more people get to know about it, so many more people are aware about it, and so many more people can help out um, basically what's basically countries like these in the Middle East that are facing crisis um, 
and are facing times of hardship. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that spreading awareness is incredibly important and it will contribute a lot to helping Yemenis. Yeah, so um, our last segment is basically something that I would say not a whole lot of people even realize happens or takes place. And even I didn't really realize this was something that was pretty prevalent until I kind of read this sentence out loud. And this is basically the normalization of tragedy in the Middle East and why it needs to stop. So we discussed earlier in the podcast how the media can sometimes not portray the whole picture, keeps information, changes information, or just is inaccurate and untrustworthy at times. So it's always important to be mindful of what sources you are going to and what sources you are basing your knowledge and yeah, your knowledge off of. And uh, so the media often portrays the Middle East as a place of constant, you know, bombings, war, conflict. And that, that is, those are things that happen there. And those are important things that um, are causing people a lot of stress, suffering, pain. But we, it's also important to acknowledge that, you know, the Middle East is also more than that. It's also, the reality of it is that there's a lot more to the Middle East than what we hear about. Yeah, so, you know, even though there are countries that are facing extreme crisis like this, the Middle East is also home to many modern cities such as Beirut, Jerusalem, Dubai, and so many more. You know, just like Europe is home to London and Paris and the U.S. is kind of home to New York and like L.A., And these are places, you know, you could never imagine such a crisis or tragedy. You know, if something happens like this, it's it's something that won't even come across your mind. This is, you would think, this is something that could never happen to the U.S. So we need to stop making it seem like this is a normality in the Middle East, if that makes sense. And, you know, also I feel like it should be regardless and it should never matter if a place holds up to Western or modern standards for us to humanize it and for us to be able to empathize with people that are suffering in states or countries like this. And with that statement, that basically brings us to the end of today's podcast. Um, Before we kind of wrap up, I just want to thank all of our listeners. And I would definitely want to thank you, Magana, for spending your time and coming on today. Um, It means a whole lot. Thank you for having me. I'm really uh, grateful to have this opportunity to, um, you know, spread awareness about something that's so important and hopefully encourage people to help those in the Middle East. Yeah. So um, if you haven't already, make sure to follow Currentinely on Instagram so you can stay updated on new episodes and information. And also we will be providing all of our sources, links and ways you could help. Um, in a post just so you could get yourself a little more educated and um, find out ways that you can help. So yeah, with that, we are basically done. So thank you, everyone.